When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Girl on Top Shallon XO podcast. I'm your host, Shallon Lester, and you might know me from my YouTube channel, where I analyze celeb relationships and scandals for the lessons we can take into our own lives. But here on the podcast, I answer the best questions you submitted over the past week. Gotta love quandary? Head to my website, shallonlester.com, to get connected and also shop my merch and take some fun quizzes. Be sure to rate and review this podcast if you like it and follow me on Instagram at shallonxo and find me on YouTube for four new videos a week. Welcome back to the podcast, Shalligators. I'm so excited to do this episode. We're just going to focus on one question and one topic this week, but I think it's a really good one. It's about not focusing too hard on what you want to happen. Wait, Shallon, what? Come on, what are you talking about? You always tell us to manifest and visualize. Yes, I do. But there can be a time, a tipping point in our manifestation and our thinking about the future and our hopes and wishes where things shift and they can go to a dark place where it's not that we want something to happen. We need something to happen. I mean, we need it. So I'm going to tell you how to differentiate between those two things and how to kind of use even what we might deem as sucky circumstances, disappointing outcomes to our advantage. But first, let's do our mantra. Let's get our little jaw wiggly, tug on our ears. This week, I think we've done this mantra before, but I really like it. Let go and let flow. I like it because it just reminds us like let life go where it needs to. But if you don't like this one, we're actually, we're doing a double mantra. Adapt, modify, overcome. That's the motto of the United States Army. I think special forces. I I don't know. I heard a lot during ROTC. I didn't ask too many questions about (laughs) where it came from. Adapt, modify, overcome. Because we're going to talk about happiness today and what makes happiness. And happiness is two factors. It's attitude and resilience. So one mantra focuses on attitude, let go and let flow. And the other one focuses on resilience. So pick which one works for you. We're going to inhale through our nose. And exhale. One of you guys said that like I hold it for too long and it makes you anxious. You know, I can hold my breath for a while, so it's okay. In through the nose. And out through the mouth. I love it. 
Just a reminder, if you guys like this podcast, please share it with some peeps. You know, we never talk about like sharing it, but like, hey, pass it around. Always down for some pack building. Also, be sure to pick up our book club selection, Essentialism. You can get it right down there, the link in the bio. And if you're looking for some sexier tips, head on over to Flays, where we've got some story times, BJ tips, hookup tips, stuff that we can't really talk about on YouTube because they're like our freaking nanny, but we can over there. So check it out. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. So this question comes from, of course, our Shalligator Reddit thread. And this is a question that I really was excited to answer because I think it's something that we deal with all the time, but now especially that the world is starting to get back to normal, I think it's something that we really could fall victim to. All right. So she titled this Romanticizing the Future. She said, hi, Shalligators. So I've been so excited lately to end the semester and head to New York for my summer internship and my eventual return back to campus this fall. I've never lived anywhere besides where I went to college for like a semester and a half and my hometown. It's been so long since I've been away from home and I've been craving adventure but I keep running into this mind roadblock. I have a problem with romanticizing and idealizing the future. I always envision how life is going to go before I even get to certain places, and when things don't turn out the way I imagine, I get really upset and I begin to hate my experience instead of making the most of it. I don't wanna get my hopes up too high for New York City, especially since I'll just be doing my job from a dorm room all day, and I know things will probably look different when I go back to campus this fall. Any advice on how to still be hopeful and be able to look forward to exciting experiences without completely idealizing them, but being realistic and grounded in reality so that things don't go the way I wanted them to, I can still enjoy my time. Oh, I love this. I love this. So yeah, we've spent like the last year dreaming about getting back to really things that we once probably considered boring. Just sitting at a cafe eating things, walking through the airport without an N95 on and like a fucking surgical mask over it, right? Little things that we took for granted. And I've said this since the beginning, like how can we see the silver lining of this? Like, is it going to cultivate more gratitude? Is it going to be a pause and a reset that we maybe desperately needed because our lives were all just getting very frenetic? Like what can we get out of this? And I think I'm just so glad this alligator asked this question because this is this is like so many of our default setting. We are not present, right? And you hear words like mindfulness, and you're like, okay, I don't know. Does that does that involve like acai bowls? Like, what does this mean? 
I struggled with that for a long time. It's like, okay, I have to just be present in where I am. Okay, I'm sitting here. Um, right, what's next? Oh, here come a bunch of annoying, anxious thoughts or things I need to do or, oh, a fuckboy I want to text or blah, 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 blah. I'm hungry for something. Like, I don't want to sit in my thoughts all the time, right? Because my thoughts are annoying. That isn't the way to gain mastery though, right? We know this. We know this. Oh, I don't want to like feel my body and the weight that I've gained. So I'm going to drink. If we copy and paste it into a different scenario, it becomes really clear that that's a pretty toxic thing to do. Why am I talking about this? How does this relate? Because when we over-romanticize, over-fantasize, and put too many expectations on a vacation, a, a job, a college experience, a person we're dating, someone we're friends with, a haircut, a new outfit, lip fillers, we're doing it because it's a getaway car. We're doing because it it's a getaway car, right? I am a runner. <laughs> Not like literally. I don't like jog or anything. My God, don't be crazy. But I run away. I run away from my problems. And this has been a challenging year. I mean, quarantine was challenging because I couldn't go anywhere. Like I was stuck. We, obviously, we all were. And there's a reason I made such an extreme run. Like the second I figured out a plan to run, I didn't just run back to New York or, oh, run upstate and rent a cabin. <laughs> no, I ran to Montana. I incinerated my whole life. I needed to run that big. But here's the thing. When I run, if I like go to Paris, like I almost went to Paris the other weekend because I was like, I just have to get the fuck out of here. But like, didn't know what to do with Cowboy. And it's actually a really long flight from Montana. I was like, ah, I'm used to the flights from the East Coast. But when I run, I don't have an expectation of what I want to see on the other end. I run just for the sake of running right? Just to distract myself. Like, okay, well, I'm not going to sit here and dwell on this broken heart or this hater on the internet. I'm packing a suitcase. I'm looking for my passport. I'm making snacks for the plane. I'm doing whatever. Like, I, I'm busying myself in a way that I consider positive. Maybe I'm putting very kind veneer on a problem that is, that, that is a problem, you know, that I won't stay in the feelings, Ugh, now that I say it, I think that's actually probably very true. But I get so much out of traveling, you know? It's it's like a vice that really rewards you. So I think there's an element of an emotional getaway car going on with the shalligator who's like, things have to go exactly the way I envision them. And because I don't want to be here where I am. And the underlying feeling is, when I'm in New York, I will never feel blank again. Bored. Irrelevant lonely, whatever it might be. Like, but you got to get to that. What is that thing? And you need to, to take out New York and put in whatever the thing is you find yourself latching onto. Lip filler, a boyfriend, that law degree. And then what's the other half of the sentence? This is like an emotional mad lip. When I get my law degree, I will have an absence of blank or an overwhelming presence of other blank. I will have an absence of criticism from my parents and an overwhelming sense of satisfaction. I mean, you'll have kind of that. You will have appreciation from your family, we assume, and you will have a sense of satisfaction, but not this sense that will block out the sun, block out all the dark clouds in your life. You will never want for anything again. You will be proud of yourself until the day you die at 95, right? When we, when we actually say that, it's like, well, 
yeah, I mean, obviously you're not, this isn't going to like, this one achievement won't sustain you for the rest of your life. This one move, this one guy, this one set of breast implants, this one city. Okay, I will probably, more than likely, feel the feeling I'm trying to escape at some point. But you know what? It's hard to know that until you've kind of gone through your own running stages. And I keep using like lip filler as an inject, as an injectable. I do. But <laughs> as an example, because, you know, we latch onto something. It's like, if, if I don't have that lip gloss that Bella Hadid's wear, I'm going to die. Because if I had it, I would have this, I would just be imbued with the confidence of Bella. And you know what? I probably look like her too. It's, it's going to solve all my problems. I need the Charlotte Tilbury lip gloss. Ah! When we say it out loud, it sounds crazy. But we're saying it inside. And sometimes even just saying these things out loud gives us so much clarity. When you idealize, let's say it's a birthday dinner with friends, right? Say it out loud. I need this dinner to be perfect so that I no longer feel um, disrespected by my frenemy, sort of the odd man out in my group of friends, like the short one and they're all tall. What, what is it? What's under there? Then you can really start to dismantle it, right? I also think there's a huge element to control when we romanticize something or imagine the way it's going to go with this like iron fist because it's not like, gee, I really hope like there's a cute guy at this dinner. It's if there isn't a cute guy at this group birthday dinner, I'm going to be fucking furious. Why? Why? Why do you need that to happen? Why do you need that eventuality, right? Well, like we said, part of it is the emotional getaway car. But yeah, part of it's control. It's always easier to burn down a house rather than clean it, right? Uh, You know what? I'm actually just uh, going to move. I don't don't even really want to live here. Uh, Changing the duvet seems like a big hassle. I'm going to move. We acknowledge that as insane, right? And unrealistic and unhealthy and just ridiculous. We do that, though, with other situations. Mmm, my relationship is not going well. So instead of plugging into it, figuring out what's going on, figuring out how I'm contributing, is this healthy, blah, blah, blah. I know. I'm going to put all that energy into creating something perfect. Not in real, no, not in real life, no. Mm -mm. I don't want to clean up the house. I want to move into a new house and focus on that house, this fabulous group dinner, and there better be a hot guy there. And oh, wait, there isn't? Well, now this house is dirty too. Rinse, repeat right? We're obviously using energy when we imagine and we fantasize and we romanticize. And that's that can be very positive. We need to visualize wonderful outcomes. We need to have our imagination, our creative visualization, our manifestation muscles all firing. Absolutely. But here's the thing. There's a difference between this is what I hope and believe for. And if it doesn't, holy fucking shit, I am in a horrible mood. I hate this vacation. I hate this dinner. I hate this dorm. I hate everything, right? There's an analogy that um, the chick who wrote The Secret, uh, Rhonda Byrne, I think. Yes, she's fabulous. That she made when she was talking about The Secret. And it's, the principle is ask, believe, receive. That's the principle of manifestation. You ask, you believe, and you receive. And she's like, the hard part is the belief, right? Well, I mean, they're all hard in their different ways. But belief is like, Oh my God, it's not going to happen. I'm never going to win that Silverado in the raffle. Oh my God, I can't do this. And she's like, if you were to go outside and plant seeds, right, for vegetables, do you go out there every day digging them up to see what they're doing? 
No. You just believe that they're going to grow. And if they don't, well, that's a bummer. But okay, you're not going to starve, right? But what if you are going to starve? That's when manifestation takes a very ugly turn into this iron-fisted romanticization, right? No, 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 no. I have to go home with a guy tonight. I don't just want to. I have to. Ask yourself if that is kind of the vibe you're giving. To, I mean, to, you know, in your own mind. Is that sort of the terminology you're using? Man, you know, I just, I'd love to make friends with my coworkers. If Janet from accounting doesn't want to go to Panera with me for lunch, I'm going to fucking kill myself. No, I'm going to kill her, then myself. Like, is there this mania, this, this rabid need associated with what you're imagining, right? I think when we romanticize things, in a lot of times, we're not afraid of failure. We're kind of afraid of success because we don't really know what to do with success. We don't even know what happiness looks like. Happiness, and there's been like a lot of books recently and like psychological articles and stuff on what happiness actually is. People think it's just this like cocaine high of like, oh, just this orgasmic delight from morning to night, right? You're just like giddy as fuck. It's not. Happiness, overwhelmingly, research shows, is just attitude. And attitude, ugh, is 100% in our control. How sucky is that, right? Like, we can have one bad thing happen. I asked for a whole milk latte, not a non-fat latte, and I don't have time to wait for you to remake it. My morning is fucking ruined. I'm going to be in a bad mood until lunch, probably beyond. I'm going to be mean to everyone. We... We know how that goes. It might have been how I spent my morning. It doesn't matter. But it goes to show it's an attitude differential. Sometimes, hey, we get the wrong latte. It's like, you know what, man, don't worry about it. I'm fine. It's not going to kill me. The only difference there is how we react to it. Life is going to happen. Happiness depends on how we choose to react. And if we have this fear, like I said, almost of success, well, it's like, You know, you have this idea of, I'm going to meet the perfect guy and we're going to get along. It's going to be fantastic. Maybe you actually don't want that to happen. Maybe if this guy who you liked finally liked you back, you would have to confront the reality of, oh, fuck, wait. Oh, I've just been all all week with you. Oh, uh uh-huh. Oh, wait, you want to have sex? I don't know that I'm ready to have sex. You're actually kind of boring and weird. It's sort of this like Disney princessification. I have one friend, I love her, but she is like, she loves Disney and she like makes a lot of Disney references and she has never had a boyfriend. And I do not believe those two things are coincidental. They walk hand in hand. She just doesn't understand kind of reality, which is crazy because she lives in New York City, but there might be that escapism. You know, this could be an emotional getaway card. Like she sort of retreats into this fantasy land, but then when she tries to date someone, She expects it to be a Disney fairy tale where the drama is extremely emotionally minor, right? You know, there's no like, and I was molested by my uncle. Like there's none of that there, right? And all the drama always works itself out with grand gestures on the part of the prince. And the lady doesn't have to do anything. She never has to have any real self-awareness or, 
apologies. You know, it's all the man causing the drama and she's perfect. She's just perfect. Well, isn't that interesting? It's much easier to romanticize a situation and then blame the situation for not living up to it instead of looking inward and being like, I'm not being realistic. Like, that was insane for me to expect to get upgraded to first class on this cross-country flight and then you sit next to Sean Mendez and, you know, if that didn't happen, blah, 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 blah. So we kind of got to dial it down a little bit. And you know what? Sometimes things not going exactly the way you want is a blessing. You know that song, God Bless the Broken Road That Led Me Straight to You? I think about it all the time. And I have become, because I kind of used to be like this too. I would like just be this sort of hothouse of florid ideas and how I imagine things. And it made me a very, very good manifester, but it also led to a lot of disappointment at times, right? But I've learned to roll with the punches. Living in New York really kind of breeds that perfectionism out of you. Things are going to happen, whether it's a freak rainstorm in July and surprise, you're in flip-flops and you don't have an umbrella. You don't even have any cash to buy one off the guy in the corner. <laughs> Joke's on you. Or your train stops and you're 15 minutes late to work. I mean, there's a billion things that can go wrong. You are, in many ways, just a boat in the ocean of New York City. And so you learn to adapt. You learn grit. And grit is the second part of happiness. Grit means you get up when you get knocked over because you're going to get knocked over. There's going to be the disappointment on vacation, the stupid class, the hot guy who turns out to be a complete butthead, maybe with weird teeth up close, whatever. Grit is you're resilient. Resiliency is happiness because what's the alternative? Victimhood, right? I went through a breakup and I never got over it. Why? Why didn't you get over it? Because you chose not to. Like, let's be realistic because you chose not to. You chose to wallow in it. You chose to completely define yourself by it. Look at Demi Lovato. We've been doing videos on her and her bullshit documentary and how completely ridiculous she is. I mean, she's going to end up ODing again. And this time will probably kill her. I don't know if people think that like after you OD, your body comes back like stronger somehow. It doesn't. Like your organs are already, they're like limping along. So it's not like, you know what they probably need? More fentanyl? Maybe not. Okay. I'm sorry. I digress. What were we talking about? Oh, rolling with the punches and resiliency. And you know what? I go out on a lot of dates. Like I'll go on a lot of Tinder dates, you know, if I even think someone's like worth a shot because guys don't always, they don't always take good pictures. They're not always super snappy over text. Remember what we talk about, firework versus fireplace. Fuck boys are going to make a great first impression always because they're here for a good time, not a long time. Fireworks, quality dudes, they take a little while to to warm up, a little longer, but they keep you warmer longer. I say this. Because I go on a lot of dates and my friends are like, "Ugh, but I hate doing it because what if it's a bad date? I'm like, you know what? A bad date is still a great story. I could look at it like, oh my God, it's a bad date and he's a fuck boy and it was boring. I'm going to die alone. I'm not going to die alone. Are you kidding me? No, neither, you guys won't either. Trust me. People don't die alone unless they choose to, honestly. Like a lifetime of purposeful decisions to drive other people away. That's not who we are. But I have the attitude of, hey, Even a disaster has a lesson. If nothing else, an entertaining story for my friends, for you guys. So that's worst case scenario. Not bad. Best case scenario. Hey, I really click with someone. Same on vacation. I'm like, if I have my cell phone, my credit card, and my ID, and 
some aquifer for my lips because I absolutely cannot deal with chap lips. I can go basically anywhere. Like I am, I can adapt, modify, overcome. Oh, they lost my luggage. I'll get some sweatshirts from the Hudson News at the airport. I'm good. Like I really can roll with it because you know what? Sometimes, and I'm sure if you look back, things that at the time were like, this is a disaster and it's not going the way I wanted. That was a good thing. Setbacks are often setups and we don't know what the hand of God is doing. I really do believe this. That like things that we don't get, bad things that don't, that, you know, happen to us, sometimes that's a bullet dodged, you know? Like I got canceled last year. Sucky, I wouldn't wish on anyone. But you know what I am now? I'm fucking cancel proof. Have you noticed I've gotten a lot mouthier in the last year? A lot more opinionated? It's because it's like, well, what are you going to say about me now? You said everything. You've drudged up everything. I don't have like a secret arrest record or a baby or a, pet alligator or something. I mean, it's all out there. So I have nothing to be afraid of. If I want to get involved in a reality TV show, great. Ain't nothing from my past going to come out of the woodwork. But it took a while to get there, you know? And so when I'm in a place where I don't understand something or I don't like something or it does, it's not turning out the way I want, I stop and I ask why. And not in the why, 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 why kind of way. I mean, I allow myself a little time to do that. It's okay. We can grieve our expectations of something. But then we got to switch gears and be like, okay, why though? Why? Why did this happen? Why am I here? What am I supposed to learn? Maybe what I'm supposed to learn is you don't need to check four bags going to Mexico for three days. Then they probably wouldn't have gotten lost if you just fit everything into a carry-on like a normal person. Okay, that's a lesson. Great. You can learn, hey, when it comes down to it, this friend was really here for me. All right, great. What a fantastic data point. Things are going to happen. Disappointments are inevitable. But if we can always go back to this motto, Nelson Mandela's motto, I never lose, I win, or I learn, then there's still a positive story. And then you're more likely to look at the reality of situations going forward because you don't have this white-knuckled, manic need to make something turn out exactly the way you plan. Because you're like, actually, maybe the universe knows better. (laughs) Maybe Mother Nature knows better than me. Maybe God knows better. Whatever name you want to give to a higher power that might be guiding our lives, maybe... Maybe they were kind of onto something. Maybe the reason I I didn't make that subway car is because there was like a weird dude in there wielding a knife. Do you guys remember? Maybe not. You might not have even been born, but there was a plane, a TWA, TWA flight that crashed um, in the 90s. And my mom was supposed to be on it. And she missed the flight. And at the time, she was like livid that she missed it. Livid. I mean, she was like raising hell. Please let me on. Open the doors. And they just wouldn't. And I go back to that all the time. Like, we have to let things play out, right? Do our best. You know, don't, we're not a passenger in our own life. Of course, take responsibility. But acknowledge when life is saying, hold up a minute. Acknowledge when something isn't going your way, why you need it to go your way, and maybe... Look at how it is going. How can you make that your way? You tried to make it one way. Okay, you tried to make, I'm going to go to this dinner. I'm going to meet the hot guy. That's what's going to fucking happen. Okay, maybe you're at a dinner. Everyone is 
absolutely butt ugly. Okay, but they're all really smart. And oh my gosh, wait a minute. Are they telling you about Bitcoin? You don't know anything about Bitcoin. Are you going to invest now? Well, now you know about it. And maybe the next time you meet someone, you're talking to them and they give you a job. You just don't know. So instead of telling yourself that these outcomes are not perfect, look at them as opportunities. I know that sounds very live, laugh, love, but man, what other choice do we have at the end of the day, right? Like I said, happiness is resiliency and attitude. And I know you have both in there, so it's time to employ them. Well, that's it for this episode of Girl on Top. Thanks for being part of the Shalantourage. If you have a love question you need some help with, find me on my website, shallonlester.com, and be sure to connect with me on Instagram at shallonxo and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Stay sweet, stay savage. <laughs>